0: and more. Join us for this episode of Lifestyle Solopreneur.
1: Hey, Lifestyle Solopreneurs. Today, we get to speak with Dave Newell. He is a dedicated advocate for aligning leaders with systems that fuel remarkable work and personal satisfaction. He embarked on his consulting journey in training and development, but then pivoted Evolve Leadership Consulting in the year 2014 to Operational Systems Alignment crafting a robust small business operating system for his clients. Those clients experience exponential growth and widespread business transformation. Dave created the transformative Five Facets of Business Framework, a dynamic small business operating system. This holistic approach optimizes culture, strategy, operations, story, and finances. His framework empowers leaders with clarity and also alignment. Welcome to the show, Dave.
2: Hey, it's great to be here. Thanks so much for having
0: me.
1: It's awesome to have you. I love, love, love the concept of systems because I think that's sort of the first place that entrepreneurs, especially small business owners go wrong is they jump into business. They are wearing literally 20 to 30 hats on their head and there's no real plan. There's no system. There's no process. It's just go, go, go sink or swim, you know, jump off the cliff and hope the parachute can come together on the way down. And, uh, and I love that you focus what you do on helping people avoid that. So tell us a little bit about your journey and what you work on.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you're spot on. We, we use the term uh, leaders often hit their complexity threshold, which means you know, they started their business, they're either a solopreneur or a freelancer, and then they decided we want to become an entrepreneur. And they started adding people, clients started getting bigger, more tasks, more operations, you can't physically take it on anymore, right? Like you just can't physically do it. And so they get to the point where it's so complex, that they start to feel that overwhelm, they start to lose sleep every you know, entrepreneur I know has the, I woke up at two in the morning, thinking about all the things I had to do story, right. And so what we wanted to do is, is actually create a system that can free entrepreneurs up to do more of the other things in their life, because they've put systems in place. And most folks think about it in terms of or they deal with symptoms, not systems, meaning the things that they can see are, well, we've got internal communication breakdowns, or we have we have uh, disgruntled employees, or our sales numbers are down, and they spend their time kind of focusing on the symptoms. And so they're just chasing their tails, so to speak. What we want to do is actually walk upstream and say, well, what are the inputs that are leading to those outputs? And how do we actually put a structure or a system on the front end that's going to mitigate that pain later? And the better you get at that, and the more you do that, the more freedom you create in your life to do the things that you want to do outside of work, or even within work, right, where you can spend more time in strategy, you can spend more time doing people development or whatever that interest might be.
1: And in your past, I know you've also helped people make this decision, like, do I stay an employee? Do I, you know, keep this job I have now where I'm incredibly unhappy? Or do I make the leap and join the ranks of entrepreneurs? And I know, you, you've you advised people on that, you have your own viewpoint on it. I'd love to hear a little bit about that because I know there's people listening who are not yet solopreneurs or entrepreneurs and are still working for someone else, still not really in control of their own sort of career and destiny. And um, I'd love to hear some of that advice because I know that it will fall on very receptive ears.
2: <laughs> yeah, you know, and, and it's a different story for everybody. So I don't I don't pretend to think that You know, I have this silver bullet information that's going to answer everybody's questions or everybody's scenario or situation. It's really a personal decision. But I do think it's a mentality shift from, you know, I have to work for my money to how how do I add value and who will pay me for it? right? And you have to start to think about, well, what's the issue? What's the unique thing that I solve in the world? or What's the unique idea, or the unique approach, or the value that I bring that can actually solve a problem that is worth paying money for? And so you take it from a value, what value add can I bring? And so you have to be able to understand, well, what's the pain point for the people that I want to serve? And what can I bring to it? Right? And so I think there's a lot of folks that think, uh, you know, I come from kind of the coaching and consulting world. So there's a lot of people that I know that say, well, I'll just, I'll just take on life coaching. Like people like to tell me their problems. I'll take on life coaching. And you're like, well, great. That's fine. You can be, you can be that as a friend, but you also need to know like, well, can I really bring value to that person? Do I have a process? Do I have a framework that I can implement that's actually going to create results for that person? And is that something I want to do every day, all the time and obsess about? Because in order to launch that business, you have to think about it a lot and often and frequently and build the skills to do it. It's not a hobby, right? It's not, it's not something you can do on occasion, but you can start it on the side. You can start you know, in full-time employment the way I got into entrepreneurship. I was, I was a full-time employee for a long time and I just started doing some work on the side and I started figuring out what the value was, started building a name and a reputation, started building a network. And things just started to move in that direction. And I started to figure out that story. And at one point, it just got to the point where I couldn't do both anymore. And so I took the leap at that point in time. And that's my journey and other people do it differently. But the real, the real core here is what is the value that I can bring? And is this something that I can see myself doing every day all the time for a while until I could figure out how to scale it?
1: I love that. You know, and it's funny that you bring up like the difference between a hobby, like something you are very good at and that you enjoy doing but it's not necessarily a business. And, uh, you know, that's, that's kind of a fork in the road for a lot of people. They're like, I love art, but do you want to be a professional artist? You want to earn your living from your art? Because a lot of earning your living from, let's say art isn't doing the art. You know, it's, it's, it's separate from that. It's a business and business is its own beast. It's its own thing. Once you turn something in a, commerce, you know, to make it commercial. There's a great teacher. He has not been, you know, come to think of it, it'd be great to have him on as a guest. He (laughs) teaches YouTubing. So he's a big YouTube star. He He teaches people how to YouTube. And I love that he said, uh, before you decide to become a YouTuber and to make it your career, to make it your, what you do for a living, why don't you first just create a brand new YouTube channel. It doesn't have to be great. No bells and whistles because you're you're probably going to delete this channel. And then just, you know, twice a week for two weeks, post, make and post a video. It doesn't have to be great. can be talking yeah. about something that's not your expertise and just yeah. do that and see if you actually enjoy the process. Like if you actually want to do YouTube for a living, you've got to be able to do that and get through it pretty easily before you invest all this time and money to learning how to do it right. And have that become your every week thing, where you have to post and pump out one to two to you know more YouTube videos, on you know. And I thought that was just such great advice. You know, it was like make sure you really want to do this for a living.
2: Yeah, absolutely. You know, the way I would interpret that is try it while the stakes are low, right? Like if you are creating YouTube videos or you're putting something out of the world, or you want to do coaching, like do one client, but don't be dependent on the income every day, all the time, to live your life or to your family or to pay your mortgage, right? Like when the, st- the, the stakes get higher, it changes the nature of a hobby, it changes the nature of an idea, when all of a sudden, you actually have to sell something in order to eat later that week, or whatever it might be, whatever your circumstances are. Right. So it is really an important thing to think through. Can I handle this when the pressure's on? Is this something that I really impassionate about pursuing? And can I see myself bringing that value? Do I have the tolerance or the stomach for that?
1: So what are some of your likely clients, like which industries in business do you find suffer the most um, Mm. for like having a lack of systems and processes in place uh, to help streamline and, you know, optimize a business? I mean, it maybe something where you can just kind of look at who are you, typically your clients? And like, is there one percentage of your clients that's kind of larger than the other percentages? And maybe that's not necessarily the businesses that need systems the most, but they're the ones who come to you, right? Um, yeah. What industry is lacking in systems?
2: You know, it's really interesting. I actually I actually don't think it's an industry so much. I think it's more of a a, a space in time that most small businesses go through. So... It's the, it's the scale question, essentially, where, where most of the organizations we're working with, we work with Amazon marketing agencies, e-commerce, we also work with manufacturing, we work with law firms, like we, we worked with all sorts of different entities. What we found, though, is that when an organization gets to, let's say the two to 3 million range, what happens is there's often a stagnation or the three to five year period of time. Like they've done the work to get established. They figured out what their value is. They figured out how to serve clients and they've been operating on what we call the big dog operator mentality, which is they're flying around and solving problems. They're just figuring it out. Right. And they're doing everything they can. And they're kind of piecing systems together. They're solving problems. They've grown their business to a certain point. And then they hit this stagnation point. I was just talking to a potential client a week ago who said, you know, they've been in business for 20 years and they said they've been stuck at 4 million for the last three years and they can't figure out how to get out of it. It's like, it's a common story. It's a story that happens, you know, whether you're three years in or 20 years in. But what happens is when you want to scale, you, what got you to where you are isn't going to get you to where you're going. And what that means is the system is perfectly designed to produce the results that it's producing right? Which is kind of a, yeah, no kidding, kind of a statement. But what that means is if you're producing $4 million, you're producing $3 million, and you've been doing that relatively consistently, that means the system is perfectly designed to do that. In order to change to 6 million or to double your revenue, you have to flip that mentality to well, what are the systems or what's the shift in our business model? Or what's the way we can change how we operate in order to get to 6 million? And that is almost always a systems approach. And it does start with the mentality shift of we have to change the way we operate. So it is a little bit of a behavior shift, but that it's a behavior shift coupled with modifying your business system so you can actually grow.
1: You think there's a lot of sort of chicken or egg problems in what you do? Because a lot of entrepreneurs probably think, I don't need to really like hire a consultant or amp up my systems or do that until we're bigger. But then also, how are you going to get bigger, you know, unless you do that. So there's a little bit of a like, at what point do you decide to take that leap? And it, do you think that's yeah. one of the struggles that some of your potential clients are up against when they're deciding whether or not to hire someone like your company?
2: Yeah, absolutely. You know, and, it, and it's interesting because you and I talked about this a little bit before, before the show, but we work with solopreneurs. We also work with business owners. We approach them differently. But actually, there are some linchpin elements to whether or not your business is going to be able to scale and grow. And honestly, one of the first things we do with with solopreneurs or freelancers who want to figure out how to scale, and the same thing we do with entrepreneurs who have a $3 million business who needs to get to $6 million, is it is often, the inputs are often, does your business model match where you want to go? And I'm not saying product, or I'm not saying service, I'm saying business model. I'm saying, how is this packaged? How is this put together? How are you framing this? Are you charging enough? Does the system make sense to your customers? And does what you do and the story that you're telling publicly match? And if those two things are in place, if you have a very clear business model, you have a very clear story, you're going to see increases in revenue. You're going to see customers coming in the door. Part two of that story then is are we actually creating the systems to do that at scale? Can we scale this business model? Can we scale that structure? But really the linchpin is, yeah, I kind of mentioned like folks who want to become coaches. Well, a huge part of creating a sustainable coaching business is figuring out, well, what are the packages and the models that I can put together that are gonna sustain my lifestyle? Like Seth Godin uses the term minimum viable audience. It's what's the smallest amount of people that can take on, you know, that I can take on that's going to make me viable? And what's the business model that's going to allow me to do that? Right? So if it's 10 people paying, you know, a $1,000 a month, and that's really what you want, great. Well, what's the business model that's going to allow that to happen?
1: That's uh, funny, because a lot of people probably heard all that and thought, oh, no, I'm going to need to do math to be an <laughs> entrepreneur. And it's yeah. not, you know. <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah, that's, so, the, that might be the scary part but
1: <laughs> they're like, wait a minute. And you know, it's a lot of it is kind of working backwards too. I um, like many careers ago, I had a career in event planning and wedding mm. planning and all of it was working backwards from the end goal, right? Like you have the wedding date and then everything you do, like when does the cake need to be ordered and when does it need to be picked up? And like all these things have to, you work backwards because everything has to come together on a certain date. And for businesses, There's a lot of people that go into business. They don't know even what, um, they don't have a business plan. They're not really thinking about what the end numbers look like. They're just like, it's a great business idea. I'm diving in and I just hope I make a lot of money. And if I'm lucky, I'll make a ton more than that even. Mm -hmm. And it's more of just like this optimism, which is great. I love optimism. I'm all about the, because if you don't have optimism, if you don't have energy and motivation, like, I mean, you're not going to make it, right? This is a very it's grueling to be a business owner. So you've got to be excited. But at the same time, you have to have some idea of where you're heading. Like, what does your map say? Like, where are you going to end up? So that, you know, if you fall short, you know, if you, you know, did even better, which would be great. But um, I find like, especially solopreneurs who are wearing all the hats, Yeah, that's that's the one hat that doesn't often get put on, which is like CFO, like, you know, chief yeah. financial officer, like the the numbers cruncher. Uh, sometimes doesn't kind of happen. And they figure I'll deal with that when I'm making enough to actually count the money.
2: Yeah. Well, you know, you said it well with the event planning. We used to do an exercise of if you were going to bake a cake, like paint me a picture of what the cake looks like. And then walk backwards all the way, you know, what do you need to do to create that cake? You know, and that's, well, I need flour and eggs and sugar and all those types of things. Kind of same idea, right? And often with, with businesses, I'll say, well, what is the number? like, where are we going? Or if you know, you're a, if you haven't taken the leap yet into entrepreneurship, it's like, well, what do you actually need to make a month to feel like you're living a good life? And what's the business model that's going to allow you to sustain that? Right. So the, you know, this company that's at 4 million, that's been stuck at 4 million for three odd years. It's like, well, actually, you know, they've been in business for 20 years, but their business model isn't serving where they want to go. It's not that the business model isn't effective or wasn't useful or didn't achieve what they wanted it to achieve at the time, but it's not achieving their vision. So we need to actually look at it again to say, well, how can we modify this or where are opportunities to streamline it or augment it or charge a little bit more or change the way we offer something in order for it to meet the shifts in the market. So it's not a, it's a, it's a never ending question in my mind. The, the linchpin is what does, what does the business model allow for us to do? So if it is a, we want to be a $5 million company. Well, if our business model is only getting us to four, we have to figure out how do we modify this to get to five? And then how do we put the systems behind it to ensure that that happens? Or if you're a solopreneur and you're thinking, you know, I made $50,000 next year, or last year, it'd be really great if I made 100. Okay, well, you don't necessarily have the capacity to take on twice as many clients, you're going to pull your hair out and freak out. It's what's what's the way I can modify my offering to the market? Because now I have some research and I have some understanding of what the market needs. How do I modify it to actually achieve that target? And that's just a different way of thinking. It's not a, it's not a let's grind it out. And let's scale this thing that takes my time, energy and effort to the max. It's, we can modify the way we operate in order to achieve the goals that we have.
1: Amazing. So you teach a framework that's called the five facets of business. And, you know, my name's Flavia, another F. I love all that alliteration. I love all those Fs. Uh, That's fantastic. I literally wear a ring. It's got like a little F on it. Um, So five facets of business uh, as a framework. Take us through, like, what does that mean to you? How did you come up with that?
2: Yeah, so the five facets is really a way to align the five major functions of any organization. And so you've got culture, strategy, operations, story, and finance. And story is sales and marketing. And what we've found in, you know, we've been doing this for for almost a little over 10 years, almost 11 years. And what we've seen in assessments that we've done with organizations is that most companies are good at two or three of those things. And the other two tend to drag them down. And so the five facets is really about getting clear about where you are. Where are we good? Where are we strong? What's working? How do we augment that? And where are we deficient from a systems perspective, where if we added a, you know, we changed the business model here, or we added some performance reviews here, or we added behaviors to our values in this way, it's going to allow us to take it to the next level. And so this system is a comprehensive look at your business to say, what are those linchpin activities? What are some of those linchpin things that we can do that's going to create the most movement as quickly as possible to get to where we want to go? And it really does begin with knowing where you are on the map. Uh, And that's a term we use. We often, you know, if you go hiking on a trail or, you know, even if you went to the mall, what's the first thing you do? You walk in and you look at the map and what's the first thing you find on the map? You are here, right? And a lot of business owners look for well where are we going and they don't often take the time to say well where are we and the five facets is really intended to say look these are the core elements of any business where are you in these core elements where are you strong where are you not and it just starts to paint a picture and a roadmap for how we can put some systems in place to augment your business for the future
1: so you're a business owner and Mm -hmm. here's sort of the goldilocks question right like Goldilocks, she broke into that little bear's house. He's like, "This board is too cold, too hot. Um, this one's just right." How do you evaluate when you are working too much, working not enough, uh, versus just right? And how do you maintain your schedule, your sanity, you know, your calendar uh, in a way that that helps you feel like you're doing great at work and you're winning there, but you're also winning with your family and friends and hobbies. Yeah.
2: yeah. Well, that's a really great question. Uh, it, essentially, I've created a few rules and uh, that i'm I'm fairly diligent in following. And I put some structures in place. For me, my calendar is what drives my life. so if it's on if it's on the calendar, it's something that I'm going to focus on. And so I'm very intentional about putting time, like my wife and I have uh, Thursday mornings, we spend an hour together during work time, where we just hang out and talk without the kids in the house because they're at school. And it gives us some good one on one time. And I know that we're not going to be interrupted during that period of time. I've also made a commitment to, to not miss kids sporting events. So kids sporting events go on my calendar in advance. And those are things that I never sacrifice. Those are meetings that I don't get to cancel. Because, you know, I might leave a meeting early at 5pm. Even if it's a really riveting conversation to make sure that I'm home for dinner every night. Because we've committed to doing dinner together as a family every night, it doesn't mean that I don't, you know, on occasion grab the laptop at 10:30 p.m. after everybody else is sleeping and, and catch up on a few things. But I don't want to miss out on. I don't want to spend my entire time working to the point where I miss out on the other parts of my life because they also are really important to me. And so it, you know, I read a book some odd years ago. It was called Callings, and in it, uh, the author talked about. If you're living your life right, you're going to feel the grind, so to speak, between between work and life. Like sometimes you're going to choose work and you're going to feel guilty that you didn't choose your family. And sometimes you're going to choose your family and you're going to feel guilty that you're not at work. And if you're doing it right, you're making those ch- choices. You're making those decisions. And I really use that as a barometer of, am I actually experiencing the tension? Does that mean I'm pushing hard enough at work? Does that mean I'm pushing hard enough into my family? Or does that mean I'm making those choices or those commitments? And so for me, what's worked really well is honestly just having committed time and a few commitments, not every day all the time. I'm not perfect by any means, but we've committed to doing dinner together. I don't miss dinners. I've committed to going to sporting events. I don't miss sporting events. And I've committed to time with my wife during the day. And we don't miss those. And those few things add up over time. And they add a lot of value beyond my work life because work will always be there. And I want to make sure that I'm, I'm committed to, I'm committed to, you know, the family commitments just as much as I am to work commitments.
1: I love it. And kids grow up. So there's only a certain number of dinners. You you have kids before they go off to college and doing their thing. And I love, love that you committed to having dinner with your family every night because that's, that's truly a luxury. Not everyone has, um, but as an entrepreneur, you can design it so that that's something you can accomplish. And I love it.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So how
1: do people connect with you? I know you've got a lot of different things going on. Um, and, you know, what you do and what you do for others, it's just amazing. How do people learn more about your programs and your company?
2: Yeah, thanks for asking. The, the easiest way is to go to that is our That is our main space. And there's two really great ways to connect with us. Number one, I mentioned, you know, kind of the analogy of where are you on the map? We have a we have an assessment and we have one for uh, solopreneurs and we have one for uh, entrepreneurs. And so you can take that assessment and it's a really good way to just figure out where are we? What's working and what's not? There's no obligation. It's free. It's 26 questions, takes five minutes, but it's a really good way to get oriented with where your business is thriving and where your business could use some support so that assessment is free it's on the website Uh, you can find it and if you are solopreneurs just scroll down to the bottom of the five facets page uh, and you will see it there Uh, and you'll get automatic results you get results within two seconds of taking the assessment and you can do whatever you want with those results Uh, the other thing that we've been doing is we started adding some workshops uh, and those workshops are starting in January. Uh, we will put links to those in the show notes. And if you are a listener of this podcast, you can just put in the code podcast25 for 25% off those workshops. And The workshops are $50. Uh, so hopefully not cost prohibitive for those that are interested in exploring those. But those are the best ways to find us. And I look forward to uh, hearing from some of you.
1: Definitely connect with Dave at the Evolve. Difference.com. Dave, it's been so great to chat with you. I love talking about things like systems because I think having a business that you can own and operate without it becoming your absolute everything, you know, if you're able to take off some of those hats and have some systems that can help, you know, you delegate and can help you uh, be more productive and help you scale that business, it's just such a worthy goal and it's such an amazing thing that you help people do. So thank you, Dave, for what you do out there for your clients and for sharing what you know today on the show.
2: Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. You're you're a great host.
1: Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us. And I hope you enjoyed the show. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast. And if you leave a review on iTunes, I promise I will read every single review. If you know someone who makes a full-time living from part-time work, and maybe this is you... Please visit lifestylesolopreneur.com to nominate a guest or to nominate yourself. Because remember this, money doesn't buy happiness, but money in the hands of a happy person, there is no
0: greater tool. Today's episode was brought to you by the Get Shift Done Program. It's a lifestyle changing online class to help you define your business and lifestyle ambitions and to set goals in a way you've never experienced before. This class will 10X your daily productivity with methods that will blow your mind. And if you use the coupon code podcast, the class tuition is 99% off. Visit GetShiftDone.com to enroll today.